Welcome to the Black Sheep Economic Development Podcast. I'm Tom Cole. Let's go. Communicating with stakeholders. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely operate an economic development organization, have a specific role within an entity, i.e. government, a P3, a public-private partnership, chamber of commerce, etc., or are relatively new to the field of economic development. Regardless, you have stakeholders, individuals or other entities with a vested interest in your success. These are often your most rabid fans, your staunchest critics, or groups who pay your bills and keep the wheels of your role in motion. Abe Lincoln told us that you can please some of the people some of the time, but never all of the people all of the time. Such is life as an economic developer, or, you know, frankly, any other profession for that matter. The key to maintaining positive stakeholder relations is communication. But the right kind of communication is of critical importance. They don't all want the same thing, and you need to recognize that fundamental truth. Depending on your role and the manner in which ED is formulated in your community, your stakeholders may include government leadership, that would be your city manager, your city council, your whatever, etc. It would include your member investors, with EDCs or EDOs that will typically include your banks, your engineering firms, your general contractors, your architecture firms, the folks who provide your utilities, your gas, electric, water, perhaps your uh, uh, fiber optics in, in, your, in your community, as well as just local businesses. Your school district will typically also be in this mix as well. And your final group of stakeholders will be your residents. Each are important and have a variety of reasons that they are interested in your performance. Government stakeholders. These folks desire to see a return on investment and tangible enhancement to the community that your services offer with the funds they provide you. They want to see, generally speaking, first and foremost, a boost to local employment, new capital investment, and of course, an increase or stabilization of tax dollars in the community. Local government has made an investment in what you do to receive a return. Your job, in their eyes, is to utilize whatever funds they've allotted for you to be impactfully returned by the fruits of your labor. If you operate an EDO, an EDC, a Chamber of Commerce, a Main Street organization, whatever, you likely have investor members, a membership. These folks likely give you a few hundred or a few thousand dollars each year in membership fees or sponsorships for a variety of reasons. One, they want to be good community advocates and participants in the growth and betterment of your community. Two, they want to be recognized as a community-minded business close to the action of economic development. Three, their involvement in what you do may soften some perceptions that they may experience in other segments of the community. This is particularly placed true with utility companies. No resident, no business likes paying their utility bill. However, seeing that utility company out doing things that foster growth, that foster additional benefits and amenities and positive vibes in the community, that softens that blow a little bit. And fourth, some believe that their investment is a conduit to getting an inside track to attaining projects for their own entity and for their own benefit. We'll cover this in a few minutes. And your third group of stakeholders are your residents. These are the people that live and work in your community. They have homes, businesses, their children are in local schools, and they've witnessed the evolution or devolution of the community for many years. These folks lead with their hearts. We're talking about their neighborhoods their infrastructure, their quality of life, and the direction all those things are heading. In short, we're talking about their lives. 
over the years, I've had the pleasure of playing a number of roles in stakeholder bingo, if you will. I've been the economic development pro. I've been the city manager representing the government's interest. I've been an investor and a board member as a general contractor and a developer. I've sat on a great number of economic development uh, uh, EDC boards and EDO boards. I've been an executive committee member. And of course, I've been a resident. The key to maintaining their attention, their trust, their faith, and financial investment is communication. But they need to be communicated with in a manner that provides them what they are most interested in. Your government stakeholders, they're interested in metrics. Government wants to see money expended and the return on that investment. Over the course of the past 12 months, how many new jobs have been, been created? How many jobs have been retained? What's the new capital investment that's come in from the fruits of your labor? How many real clients have you worked with and how many have actually done something? Now, they want the information that's pertinent to them. They don't want fluff. They don't want stuff that is just filler in your presentation to them. Don't report projects you didn't pursue. In other words, don't spend time talking about 50 projects that weren't a reasonable match from the get-go. Like you had no correspondence with them. You heard this project existed. You don't need to mention that. If someone calls inquiring about 500 acre properties and you don't have any, that's no more of a boast or that's no more, no more of something to report than telling them how many spam emails you've received over a month's time. Communicate real projects and opportunities only. However, if there's a trend suggesting a prevailing property or building type, you should share that information as a means to determine a path to provide something that does fit the build in the future. For example, and this is these are real numbers, over the years, over the past you know, 15, 20 years, I've, I've noticed that when someone builds a speculative building, if that speculative building is below 60,000 square feet, it sits on the market for a while. If it's between 60 and 100,000 square feet, it barely sits on the market at all. That's a desired um, building type and building size. Also, government does not want to hear about the fun things that may occur on recruitment or training excursions. Yes, many economic development events offer some kind of very cool reception or activities that are often of no additional cost to you or your community, by the way. They're free to you. But don't come back from a manufacturing site selection event to discuss the great seats you had at the Celine Dion concert on the last night of the event. Sure, it was a great cherry on top of the event, but it's easy to bridge a false belief that you are spending a government investment on your own recreation. This is a position nobody wants to be in. Once you're viewed as a fun chaser and not a business developer, it's very difficult to do your job as your leash gets tighter. Government funds are treated as the holiest of all funds. Boasting about the entertainment aspects of a trip is simply an invitation for your residents to show up only to mention that they pay your wages. By the way, responding to such comments with, great, now I finally know who to talk to about a raise, is rarely met with the resilient hilarity one would assume. Investor members, this cluster of stakeholders. As mentioned, they have a number of reasons for involvement, but communication with them needs to be a hybrid of the metrics and data desired by government and a certain degree of good feeling derived from enhancing the community. You need to demonstrate actual performance and a return on their investment to maintain their investment. You want them to stay on your membership roster. You want them to continue to, to provide those investments to you so you can keep going and keep doing what you do. 
Yes, they're involved at least partially for the good of the community, but many are also looking for a return on their investment. In theory, the more development that occurs in your community, the greater the opportunity for them to participate in those projects. I'm specifically talking about your banks, your contractors, your architects, your engineers, on and on. This can be a slippery slope as it's easy for favoritism and impropriety to occur by seemingly funneling by seemingly funneling prospects toward a particular contractor, engineer, architect, or bank. My philosophy, and it's never failed me, has always been to provide a list of member services, member service providers to prospects if requested, but never a single option. If there's a perception that that all Anytown EDC projects get handed to Sarah's Construction, Jim's Engineering, and Purple Bank, a massive disincentive for new members and retained members has occurred. This is the perception of the good old boys club that nobody wants to be associated with in modern times. The value for investor members can be delineated by offering a list of member service providers when requested. By providing a monthly or quarterly opportunity to get together and meet with the entire organization, and the general notion of being involved to assist in fortifying the community. Again, this only pertains to those with membership organizations and local government should never, ever directly suggest a shortlist or preferred set of vendors. Finally, your resident stakeholders. If you have a membership organization, you likely don't have many residents as members. Sometimes ED EDOs have a few, but not many. Communicating with residents can be done through your electronic media, and through news stories about projects, developments, and happenings in the community that result from your efforts. It's important, but often overlooked, that when providing information or granting an interview to the media, that you provide some impact statements relative to how the subject matter impacts or benefits the residents of the community. It's so easy to get caught in the chest pounding and and the merits and, and statistics of the new 200,000 square foot industrial project, the number of jobs it's gonna create, how much the project costs, et cetera. But if you can further boil that down to a few additional points that demonstrate how that project can positively impact Gary and Maude who live at 123 Maple Street, you've successfully turned an ED project into a community project. Mention the new traffic control measures, the anticipated tax enhancement for schools, schools or the senior center, and how the existence of this project will assist in attracting some other amenity the community desires. Make it real to everyone, not just the parties directly involved. Also, regarding communication, don't embarrass yourself or your organization by constantly begging, brown-nosing, or only telling people what you think they want to hear. A big part of our job is positivity, but communications with your stakeholders needs to be genuine all of your stakeholders. For those of you old enough to have watched Leave it to Beaver, Eddie Haskell never really did anything wrong, but his constant sucking up provided a bit of a smarmy perception that inspired distrust. Be yourself, be genuine, share the good and the bad, but provide a realistic plan of hope to combat the negative. Sometimes it's hard to share the painful realities of projects or the state of your community, but you owe it to all stakeholders to provide that information. It's also important to stand up for yourself and what you believe, even if it feels like you're left standing on an island by yourself. This is something that took me several years to wrestle with. See, we're wired to be accepted, to be the same in the same lane as everyone else. But at the end of the day, if you're a director or a manager of any elk, 
Your job is to direct or manage, regardless of positive or negatives. You know, over the years, I've become quite comfortable, heck, perhaps too comfortable, being entirely by myself with a number of with a number of user positions. In fact, my comfort with solitude makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Maybe you're starting to rectify the name of this podcast by now. I think you certainly will as episodes uh, progress. But you can't lead you can't lead as a sheep that follows and flows with everyone else if you know a greater truth or aspiration exists. Be the freaking black sheep. Stand out. Raise awareness of your message. Raise awareness of possibilities and achievements. Nearly all great inventions and technologies were spawned by a black sheep who not only pondered the best course of action, but freaking took it. As I've said before, you are the face of your community. If you are genuine, if you are performing, your stakeholders will recognize it and will value communications from you, assuming it's relevant information. Anyway, I hope this episode on communication has been beneficial to you wherever you are. If you have questions about any of this stuff, drop me an email at tom at devcoreadvisors.com, tom at devcore, D-E-V-C-O-R-E, advisors.com. Or if you have ideas for future episodes or want to be a guest on an upcoming episode, drop me a line as well and we'll see if we can't make it happen. As always, have a great day and keep smiling.